everyone, and welcome to How to Be Me Again. This is the podcast with a crying baby in the background. <laughs> we are learning how to take care of ourselves because we don't know how. I am Kristen. And I am Maddie, owner of the screaming baby. <laughs> owner? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, it does work. It works. Right. <laughs> it doesn't sound right, but it kind of works. Does she belong to me? I don't know. I feel like that's a whole I mean, could you sell itself. her? Probably, yeah. but you shouldn't. <laughs> In all reality, yes, but no. Yes, but it's so wrong. Yeah, it's so, so wrong. It's so, wow, this took a dark turn yeah. earlier. We're having that kind of morning. We are. We really are. And so the reason there is a screaming baby in the background is because we are both off location. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm like location TBD entirely because I'm like in between. I, I realized last night I'm like kind of homeless right now. It's always yeah. funny when you're between houses and you maybe haven't found the next one. And then yeah. you're like... Oh, I literally don't have a home right now. You don't now. have a home. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Like, it's not... I'm not, yeah. not going to claim homelessness. Like, that's not what this is about. <laughs> but it is a funny situation when you're, like, not quite sure what home's going to look like again yet. Like, yeah. it's, it's still, like, it's a question mark. It's Especially a, for yeah. um, planners and people who live in the future like we do. Yeah. That can be a little uh, stressful. <laughs> you're well, like, I how do I plan very, for all this stuff that's going to happen? <laughs> it's particularly telling that, like, yesterday was the day we moved out of the house and did all the trucks and babies on ferries and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then that evening when I'm like, like just, I'm, I'm tired on an atomic level. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm still on my phone putting applications in for houses. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like so motivated to find the next situation so that I've got that, that plan that figured done. out. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That yeah. speaks to my personality. <laughs> yeah. I, that's interesting, though, like that, because I, I will do the same thing where I know if something needs to get done, mm. I will not let myself rest and, like, take care of myself in that moment because I'm like, well, if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. The sooner we can figure yeah. this out, the sooner I can actually rest. But, like, what if we kind of train, was, like, what if we were able to train ourselves to actually rest even when stuff is not finished and it's not well, done? I think that needs right? to happen. Yeah, yeah. Because my thing is, I said to Rory last night, I'm on to the next thing. Like, I haven't taken yeah. a moment to, no. to enjoy, like I said to him, I really feel like I need a holiday. Like, I need some time off. Like, I'm looking forward to relaxing. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of other things that I have to organize I've got to buy yeah. cars I've got to find accommodation like I've got to yeah. do all of this ad like personal admin stuff when we get to Australia and I get to this point where I start to worry that I never if I don't make the time to just relax and not worry about these things yeah. I'll just find the next project and the next project and the next Absolutely. project and the next project and it just never ends yeah mm. yeah and that's the thing like because I get too when I'm having to deal with a big life event like I get so I take on so much of it and do so mm. much of it and almost like need to do it so perfectly yeah. that I get I like whip myself up into such a frenzy almost like I create extra stress because I don't take that time like I don't allow it to be less convoluted than it needs to be right yes it's you know it's interesting you bring that up because this is actually something I want to talk about on today's podcast it's kind mm. of like part of the curiosity because this move 
uh, admittedly is the biggest move that we will ever have done because right. we're moving internationally with two children. Last time we moved internationally, it was just us. We didn't have any furniture with us last time. We were like being like we'd really gone through this minimalist lifestyle change yep. and admittedly i think we're still largely minimalists yeah. which if you speak to our removalists they were quite shocked at how little we had for a <laughs> and they were like oh this is gonna cost less <laughs> which is always pleasant to hear yeah. um but it's it is the biggest move because we're we're taking our furniture back with us. We're not selling it. Like we're doing, yeah. we're, we're bringing our pets back with us. Like uh, like which is not going to happen for a few months. But there's so many more pieces. So it's definitely bigger. But the thing that's been really different for me is I have done more outsourcing and more asking for help yes. than I've ever done before. Yeah, which I want to acknowledge myself for because that's, that's awesome. That's a big deal. Yeah, uh, because exactly to what you just said, I do perfectionize the whole thing, and I mm-hmm. want to have the perfect move, and I want to like I definitely get to this point where I pat myself on the back. Like our landlords said to us yesterday when they were doing our like move out inspection, how great the house looked, and they were really happy with it, and I'm like. There, there's confirmation. All my like total yeah. over, over, um, you know, dealing with the situation is is confirmed as being good. Like I, I'll do right. it again. Whereas right. I'm like, I'm sure I could probably have done less and got a similar or the same result. Yeah. But uh, I definitely did outsource. Like I hired cleaners for the first time That's to awesome. do move out clean. Mm-hmm. I hired someone to come and help Rory put all the heavy stuff into the truck, so we didn't have to try and do that with two children underfoot. Like, yep. I did a lot of other things like that, which. Yep really made a difference and honestly like it was cost involved but for the peace of mind it's that whole thing it's that triangle I can't remember what it's called but it's the like if you want quality um for it to be done in less time or to cost less you can't have all three tips of the triangle you can only have two at a time the maximum you can have yeah so you can either have it be cheap um but take a lot of time you know, like it, it's you can't have everything. So you yes. decided that it was more worth it to spend a bit more money. Yes. But that way you had more energy and it was yes. like higher quality for High you quality. because you spent more money on it. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's the thing that I've learned too. Like the I think the first year that I lived in Vancouver, I moved four times in one Did year. You really? Yeah, it was <laughs> oh, crazy. Boy. I sold my house. Like I moved from the little like room that I was renting when I first moved there into an apartment and then I moved into like the apartment that I ended up staying in for longer and I had to move out of my house. It was just Wow. It was a lot in a very yeah. small amount of time, but I lo- it was interesting because it kind of forced me to like to do the same thing and ask for help and mm. but in like ask for help in the right ways instead of asking my like you know sixty five year old mom at the time or maybe she was like seventy at that time like, I mean she's like she's great and she's super you know physically fit and she always helps us with stuff but like. She's not she going to be. That's the thing exactly. Too, is, yeah. Exactly. It's like, okay, so just pay for movers to do it. Yes, it costs yeah. a lot of money, but that's fine. Like, that's okay. But for me, I grew up with not very much money. I've never mm-hmm. had a lot of money. So when I started having more money, it was a really hard thing for me to suddenly be like, that. that's worth it. You know, because yes. I'm always like, if, it's, if I can do it myself, it's not worth it. And I'm like, no, my time and energy and my 
like well-being I've kind of started equating that to like a monetary value like that's Mm. valuable to me like not having that additional stress and I think I say that to you all the time too when we talk about stuff I'm like yeah but how much is that gonna really like isn't that worth some money like the additional stress you're gonna have to take on by doing this this and this and now you're already thinking about it and worrying about it and then you're gonna have to take action on that worry and be even more stressed out and worried you know is that even worth it it's not worth it at some point so you know I so agree it's interesting I've been thinking a lot about this lately actually because something I'd really love for Rory and I to get in Australia at some point or to hire is a housekeeper I'd really like Mm, a housekeeper to come like one or two days a week and I figure for maybe like say four hours twice a week you could get washing uh, like a meal prepped and like I don't know a bit of house tidy up done yep and I think that would be so worthwhile like I would really love to have someone like that yeah and I have these stories play out because I grew up where my mum was basically the like she didn't really work very much she had a couple of jobs for a a handful of years but really she was a housekeeper and she was very proud of that role and I think she did that role really really well but I've grown up with this idea that my role, even though I'm I'm different in that, I will I will probably always have a business. I will have always have my career. Mm-hmm. I still have to do the cooking. I still yeah. And I say I like Rory and I definitely share it. But like we still have to do our own cooking. We still have yeah. to do our own cleaning. And both of those things, actually, I don't mind cooking. But I go through phases where I'm like, I'm not prioritizing this and I want to like do other things like I just want to it takes a lot it. of energy to be cons- to consistently yeah be because it's not just the cooking it's the planning in advance it's the grocery yeah. shopping it's the prep work it's the cleanup after you know like there yeah. is other stuff involved in that and to consistently be doing it can take a lot of energy especially like yeah. I think the girls are fine now but once they get older and they start being like I don't want to eat that or whatever well, that's already happening and I've definitely noticed the uh pressure or like the fatigue it creates yeah. for me yeah. in having like pushback and having to like I don't necessarily plan different meals like I kind of put what we eat in front of the girls yeah. but at the same time Zinni's really at this age right now where she's not really interested mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of like the like you know I think kids really like bland stuff like they want just chicken or they want just rice Could they be, don't yeah. want to have chicken and rice mixed together yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> as soon as you've mixed like if you've made a stir fry she's not yeah. going to eat it and so then she wants something else and like, so yeah. it's it is just like I think food in the kitchen and all of that kind of stuff is just for right now at this season of life I look at it and it feels heavy yeah and it feels like a lot yeah yeah and I just love to have someone come and handle that but yeah I do have this thing where it's like lazy and then I have to convince myself of the other side to say well I would be employing someone like I'm providing someone with like paid employment like it's so funny that I feel like there is this conversation that happens in in like society where people who like hire help are considered lazy and yet I'm looking at them saying yeah they're providing those people with livelihood like yeah it's interesting because I remember when I this was year it must be like 10 or 15 years ago now a girl that I worked with it was her and her sister that lived together they were the same age as me and they hired somebody to come and clean their house they're like oh yeah we hired a house cleaner and at that time like I was 
in debt, I was like, there is no way in hell that I would pay money for someone to come in and clean my house. But also Mm -hmm. for me, like my best friend lived with me at that time and she was super clean. So she also like the two of us together, it wasn't a big effort for us to keep our house clean, like that it Mm -hmm. wasn't the end of the world. So, um, so I was like, that's crazy. Like I would never, like I did fully judge them for like, why are you doing that? And she said, she was like, well, neither one of us, like we hate cleaning the bathroom or we hate, like they both hated doing that stuff. So they're like, they both were making lots of money. So they're like, fine, like that's worth it for them to do that. But I admittedly fully judged them for it where I was like, what are you telling me? You're like that spoiled or that lazy (laughs) or that whatever, because growing up, in a household that did not have that much money we looked down on people that had money mm. because it was just like oh what you're too good to do it yourself type thing and I'm like yeah, yeah so what if you are like why is yeah. it why is it a bad thing to value other things in your life to value certain things in your life that you would like and if you have the means to make that happen then who cares why is that a bad thing absolutely well and I also feel like nowadays I want to outsource the stuff I'm not good at. Like, yeah. I'm not particularly good. Well, I'm, I'm sure I, I'm a, I can be a perfectionist and I could do cleaning really, really meticulously if I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I hate it so much that I just race through it and it's not that great. And it, you know what's so funny? Every single time I come to move, just the same time, same as like every time I come to sell a car, the house and the car end up the cleanest they've ever been because I never... Yeah have that level of cleanliness expect like I'll never do that for myself unless I outsource it and I often think to myself I would love to get like my car and I'm we're going to be buying quite a new car when we get to Australia like only a couple of years old I would love to get it detailed once a year yeah. And, like, have it just brought back up to, like, pristine, yeah. you know? Yeah. And same with, like, if I had a house cleaner, I'd have a fully clean bathroom. Like, I honestly, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll admit something right now. <laughs> I do not <laughs> clean my bathroom very often. Like, it's just, yeah. like, it's not a very clean space. If anyone comes over, I always clean it because I'm, like, I want them to have a nice bathroom. But for some yeah. reason for myself, I don't really care about it being nice. Or I, I do, I would actually do care, but... I don't do it. But not enough to, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, like the pain of change outweighs the pain of staying the same, so I don't change. Yeah. And so I I would love to outsource that because the truth is I actually do feel so much better when I walk Mm -hmm. into a clean bathroom. And I also have a personality type where, yes, if someone external to our household is coming over, I will tidy up. So if I knew I had a housekeeper coming once a week, I would do that that sweep to tidy enough that they can clean yeah and things would just be like the level of our house and cleanliness and lives would just be a little higher do you know what I mean well and I also think like on a personal level it would take that little thing like that little nagging thing away from you like for me I know I always have even if I'm not doing something like even if I'm not say doing the dishes regular I'm really bad about like letting the dishes pile up Mm. Like, and it doesn't bother me, but I know it's not how I was raised. It's not like I know I would be embarrassed if people come over and I've got a a sink full of dishes. Like, it doesn't bother me, but I'm very aware of, like, the external appearance and, like, what it means and all this kind of stuff. So even though I'm not feeling it, I am always feeling it. 
Like, even yes. though I think I'm not feeling it, it's always way in the back of my mind of like, okay, if someone were to surprise visit me, I'd yes. have to very quickly scramble around and like, like do a clean so it doesn't look like I live in a cesspit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, like, so when I was pregnant, my doula was trying to teach me this thing about like, when you come over, don't feel like you have to put on a performance for anyone. Like just, mm-hmm. you know, like don't feel like you have to clean your house. And so I was trying to like teach myself that, but I also realized like I said, I always really liked the accountability of having someone come over because it meant yes. I actually did clean it. Yeah. And the thing was, it wasn't so much to for them. Like, there is an element of that, like, to mm-hmm. Im- like impress them or make them feel comfortable or whatever. But the truth is, I was like, great, now we get to do that deep clean that, like you say, yeah. it's always kind of been sitting there that I'm yeah. like, I wish my bathroom was a bit tidier. Yeah. But I haven't done it. And now I've got the excuse to have to do it, so I'm going to take it. You know yeah. what I mean? Whereas yeah, if exactly. I just was outsourcing that, I don't need to find an excuse to, to actually, yeah. like... I think this is so integral to self-care yeah. because that self-care to me, to, like, have my space feel high vibe all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that you have to be doing it yourself. Because yeah. I think that that... Because that, that actually detracts from my self-care. <laughs> yeah, that for women, I think, has become such a huge thing that we do really feel like we have to do all of it and we should be mm. fully capable of doing all of it. And yeah. that by hiring somebody else to help you, it means you're not capable. And I think that that... That, that, that idea of not being capable is in today's world one of the worst things that we can feel because we're very much like anyway the worst thing I can feel anyway like I feel very much like I need to to prove that I can do it all and I can Mm. do everything and I can do this and I can do that and I can not only cook for myself every single day but be very healthy and try new recipes and do this and do that and whatever be up on the latest trends and all that kind of stuff Yes. Like it is an interesting thing to like be able to let go and say that's okay to let somebody else do those things, you know? Like yeah. it doesn't mean mean that you're any less for not doing it yourself. Right? Yes. But to be able to still have that, the outcome that you want, a clean house, you know, and that peaceful, organized, quiet space, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter how it got there. (laughs) No, it really doesn't. That's the thing. And I think you're so right in the, the, speaking of the capability side Mm -hmm. of things, because I feel like when you don't have capability, like you lose a sense of agency. Like, and you know, this is where I think, I always have in the back of my mind when I'm talking about this kind of stuff, like my privilege and Mm -hmm. because it is a privilege to have enough money to be able to hire someone. Absolutely. It is a privilege to be in those circumstances. Like I want to acknowledge that because the opposite is like not having those means or not having the capability. Like I have a few friends who um, have various disabilities Mm -hmm. and there are very real things that they can't do with their life. So, you know, it is, I I think capability and feeling agency over our lives is so, so, so like integral to how we as human beings want to feel and move through the world. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we need to flip the script to be like focused on the fact that, I have the means to be able to provide this for myself, which, as I said again, actually also gives more... Like, it's... I 
the transference of agency because if we can hire someone to come in and then provide them livelihood, we give them more agency to make more decisions with their lives. Do you know what I mean? Like, I actually think the whole conversation about it being about our laziness is so redundant and not looking at the larger impact that this action has on not just our own lives but like the other people involved in it exactly i think that's huge because it's not just like you're hiring someone but my relationship benefits because i have more time to spend with my husband my you know my own self-care and then my children's lives are better because i I get some more time so like it's a ripple effect that like that it's it's just money yeah ultimately like what but it's also if we've got it like let's let's spend it in good ways like that exactly and it's also that thing that i i don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast but i talk about it to literally everybody else so it would be surprising (laughs) if i haven't (laughs) but i'm so like more and more as time goes on i believe so strongly in the idea of going back to a much more not necessarily communal living, but like much more tribal living where it takes a village and you surround yourself mm. with people that and you help each other through life. Like I talk about this with my friend Kayla all the time because we lived really close to each other. And it was so nice where her and I like when we were because we were very uh, like um, similar on, emotionally, like we're both highly sensitive people and like we both had dogs and we just we were able to really give each other a lot of emotional support on our little dog walks that we do every day and we would be able to support each other in a way that our like my husband and her boyfriend couldn't do Mm. and it's not any of it's not their fault that they couldn't do that but it is the idea that we we grew up in a society that taught us that you are supposed to have this significant other and they are supposed to be everything to you mm. and they should be able to fill every need or want that you possibly could have and that's just not realistic so and also not fair and that's like, like no. because i definitely have fallen into that uh, situation in various aspects with mm-hmm. Rory since especially since the pandemic because we have been kind of forced in a lot of situations into our own silos like we you know we're we're in our own tiny bubbles of people and they're really I mean I think mental health wise and a whole host of other ways they're really noticing the the effects of that isolation yeah um which you know in some cases has been totally necessary in some cases not that's a conversation for a different day but it is like I think it really points to what you're saying as being like just highlighting how important it is to have your village to yeah and I think though something that I've really thought about a lot in terms of the village conversation mm-hmm. because for me my immediate family don't really make up my village right. anymore yeah and in some ways, I probably thought for a long time that meant that I'd, like, failed at creating right. a village or at having yeah, a village yeah. or that, like, I wasn't worthy or there was some some story I was telling myself as a part of that. Yeah. But the more I've thought about it in recent years, I really think that it's about building that and you have to do it quite intentionally and purposefully. Yeah. It's like go out and find the people. And actually, I think being vulnerable is a huge component to that because Absolutely. you have to ask for help so that they feel comfortable asking you for help and you have exactly. to offer help and exactly. all of those kinds of things. But, but you I have do to really intentionally build it. Yeah, but I do think that like what made me kind of think of that village thing and 
to share it was that I do think that you could view getting a housekeeper or a house cleaner or a chef or a whatever, whatever, to come and help you manage your household. I think that that is the same thing. Yes, you're paying them for it, so it's not in the same way. But if you look back in, say, olden times, if we were in a village, yes, you have people that are closer to you that might do your do you favors without like having to exchange any money or barter in any way. But in the 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 wider village, you would have people you would barter with them. They could come and give you this, and you would go and watch their kids for an hour while they came and cleaned your house or whatever. I don't know, mm. like you would be able you would barter in that way so this is just you know a more advanced version of that where you're giving them money instead yeah. and whatever kind of thing but i think that that's like there's no shame in any of that and there's no negativity like you said you're you're providing a job for those people and they're providing a service for you it's a necessary thing and that's okay you know like that's just those are the things that you need in order to keep your little village running in the way at the optimal like place right yeah and because too i feel like that frees me up to make impact in different ways as well you know it means that i can go and run my business more effectively and and all that i love what you said uh, about them being part of your village because I think a component to it for me is I like to hire people that I would get along with like I don't I think sometimes and I know some people probably like to have these relationships with their their hired um help but Mm -hmm. I I want to treat them as human beings like I want to be really cognizant of the fact that they do like this income is provided to them I'm their employer in essence and that I want to provide a happy healthy work environment and I don't just want to hire them not speak to them treat them like robots or do you know what I mean like I I think that's important and it's interesting what you said about the village thing because even yesterday I had hired these cleaners for the first time um to and it was it was this really lovely like kind of the way it came about because I was when like reached out to the people locally who were online with websites no Mm -hmm. one wanted to do end of lease cleans so I ended up going out to Facebook marketplace and speaking of villages I really feel like this is I'm starting to appreciate the village that can exist in some of these local Facebook groups the way they like made for a locality Mm -hmm. because I reached out because I was living in a smallish town in um, BC and I reached out and said I am struggling to find a cleaner does anyone have recommendations I had so many recommendations within like an hour I had people messaging me recommending other people saying they could do it and the cleaners I ended up finding was a mother-daughter um, combo that like owned the business yeah. and the daughter who came and cleaned with two other people where they were so lovely we had big chats and then Aww. she offered because she could see how stressed I was she was like do you want me to just take all of that rubbish to the tip which isn't open yeah. today it opens tomorrow she's going to keep it in the back of her car for a whole day yeah. and I was like oh please charge me extra she didn't it was just like I can see that you need help. Like that, that really spoke to me as being part of a village for yeah. like, especially even if someone you hire, which I hadn't felt before until yesterday. And it was like, yeah, that, that is a village feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. It was so kind. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I'm on the little Facebook group for my neighborhood 
where I live too and it's nice where it's like people look out for each other on there it does yeah. sometimes get a bit much where it's like oh okay but is yours just all bear sightings uh, yeah, <laughs> like, basically, yeah basically there was like a there I saw a bunch of posts the other day they're like there's a pack of coyotes they're on this street now and people kept doing updates like they're on this street That's <laughs> like hilarious. oh boy only in Canada only in Canada yeah there's a bear going on this one everybody posting the pictures of the bear i love that i live right by the woods at the base of a mountain you guys so like it's not that it's not all of canada it's we like, don't live it's in like igloos. central vancouver no. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah central it it's downtown yeah. <laughs> i should yeah. should laugh though because i remember i mean i lived in port moody which is not that rural or yeah. not that like in the woods on a main street and a bear was in our front yard <laughs> so, yeah that's true i, I don't know everyone, yeah yeah bears are everywhere bears are <laughs> i'm so everywhere. afraid mind you i was so uh, just to take a short detour mm-hmm. i've been quite excited to go back to oz because i've i haven't camped here since we lived in canada because I'm too afraid of the bear situation. Like, I can't do a tent. I've only ever camped in a car because I, like... I, I, I'm honestly very, very afraid of them. And I know you laugh because you're like, it's so uncommon. But everyone goes on at me about Australia and the spiders and snakes, and I laugh at them because I'm like, it's so uncommon. And then, the other day, I reconnected with a friend of mine from years ago. Her daughter got bitten by a redback spider, like, like six years ago or something. And had to be flown in a helicopter and all sorts of things, and they almost lost her. And now I have this like, and now I'm afraid of spiders. <laughs> I'm like, what? So I was going back to my safe space, and now I have to worry about redbacks with my kids, you know, cubby house. Oh, anyway, yeah, I, because they're I everywhere there. That's all that I've ever heard about Australia. Okay, not all, but <laughs> it's like. The, that they have like the most gigantic spiders and they will hide in your car and they're always in the little visor thing so don't you don't ever open that up in your car <laughs> you just like, blink through the sun because you're not too exactly to what you wear sun like the darkest sunglasses so yeah. that you don't have to open your visor <laughs> in your car like all of these insane crazy th- and that stuff scares me way more because those are like things that get into your house and then when I talked to you and Rory about it you guys were like oh yeah quite often there would be a spider like in your shower just in the corner but he just stays there I'm like does he though <laughs> like- he d- well see this is the thing quick oh. quick little lesson on those Australian spiders so the big ones generally are not dangerous they're just like little house guests that sit Ooh, in the corner well, and, they, and they tend not to move when you're in the room they'll wait until it's dark and they move around the oh that doesn't make ones, me feel any better yeah <laughs> what do you mean you I would them crawling over you. <laughs> <laughs> don't come in here <laughs> no but the small ones are the deadly ones like they're the ones like this this one that bit my friend's kid is like as like half the size of the smallest coin in pretty much any currency like it's very very tiny okay so they're smaller so they can go more places (laughs) you're not helping (laughs) yes I'd be very afraid yeah (laughs) it was that was always the thing that we would say okay I grew up in Alberta where it was like we it was minus 30 degrees celsius in the winter regularly for like eight months straight and the one thing that always made us feel better was we're like okay at least we don't have anything deadly here because they yeah. all, it all dies nothing can survive in the winter like none of the bugs don't and whatever you have bears there in alberta yeah. in the mountains i guess but oh, not okay. really 
Not but bears are like not a thing that Canadians are really scared of because they're not in that. They're not everywhere. Oh, like fair enough. And even I don't know. Bears are more scared of you than you are of them. The only time you have to worry is if you really startle one that has like cubs or something, or there's like an aggressive like male. But I mean. You can avoid that. The only times I've mm. ever seen bears is when I've been hiking and I've actually been like walking into their territory. <laughs> and that was this last Shucks. year. I saw like three. I know. Did yeah. you see five bears in like a week? Oh, I did see like five bears, but that was yeah. like so unusual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was really weird. Like I'm I grew say up camping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just, it's just confirmation bias for me. Uh, so you know what I'm actually more afraid of and not afraid in like a scared for my life, but I just don't like it when I'm going yeah. for a bush walk in Australia I've got to get used to calling it a bushwalk and not a hike <laughs> because uh. I'm going back to Australia um is I hate things like leeches I hate oh, leeches I yeah, hate yeah. them and I hate horse flies I'm very oh. very afraid of horse flies horse flies are this, awful oh there's this one area in Australia in northern Queensland called Cairns and I went for a holiday there years ago and the partner I was with at the time was really into down like um uh, like kayaking in like rapids. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I had like taken him up to the spot and drove down and waited for him. And the horse flies were intense. They were oh, everywhere no. on the bonnet of the car, like on the on the windshield. Like they could smell me. <laughs> like they were just like waiting to get in. And I was in there for hours waiting for him. That's a whole other story. Uh-huh. But I like. They were just looking. I couldn't get out of the car and go for a walk. I was like surrounded by horse flies. And I hate that they land on you and you can't feel them and you can't hear them yeah. until they bite you with those big chompers. And then you just see like that huge chunk of skin that they yes. like bit out of you. It's crazy. And when you slap them, they like bounce back because they're like muscular little <laughs> <Yeah>. flies. <laughs> They are. It's not pleasant to slap them like a mosquito. You barely yeah. care, but like they're gonna bounce back. Like you might not kill it. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's too much. I don't want to feel that much under my hand. I know. We did have them in certain places in Alberta. We had horse flies. It was brutal. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. No and you fun. think fly fly is like harmless? It's like no. Yes. These oh, are they're, terrible. They're hectic. <laughs> also, Ugh. black flies are really bad. They have them a lot in Ontario. Black flies. I don't know. So, so we have like house flies in Australia that are black in color, but our black flies. Yeah, different? black flies are different. They're like smaller. They're like teeny oh. tiny, and they will bite you, and it will really hurt. Like it stings. Oh. It's not like a big bite like a horsefly, but they're it's they're not fun. They're terrible. Do you have midges here? No, I don't know what that is. A midgie is like this tiny, tiny little... I don't know if it's a fly or it's an insect that you only get at a beach and they, like, will bite you and they're really, really painful. But oh, you can't see like them. like, kind of like sand fleas almost? Or like yeah, people, it, I, they might even be the same thing. Yeah. Might think, just be another name. I don't think we have them here, but I know people talk about it when they go down to, like, Mexico and stuff. Yeah. They call them no noceums because you don't no-seums. see them. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, they yeah. are noceums. Yeah, yeah. midges are pretty awful. Just if you, if you're very unlucky when you turn up because you can't, you're not going to know that they're there. But when they start yeah. biting you, it's like you'll feel it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's no longer fun. <laughs> and that is our section on all of the creepy crawlies. <laughs> Yes, we do not like. quite a rabbit hole we went down. Yeah. <laughs> Just a small detour. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this is our last week of being cur- how to be curious, right? <laughs> Thank God. Never yeah. again. No. Yeah, I don't ever want to be curious again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But I do think, I think that your, um, your like hiring people to help you was like a good 
like I think it was being curious where you're like okay yeah. well let's see how this goes regardless of whatever preconceived notions and judgments I had going into it mm. I'm gonna do this you know I, I and I think I also just had moments like we like I said we hired someone to come and help load the truck where that didn't that wasn't even a thing I was gonna do until two days before and I was like and I did a what if I was like ah. what if I could hire this out like how would I do it yeah. And I just, like, like, it was like a thought experiment. And then I went to this Facebook group and was like, I'm just looking for someone to turn up to help my husband load a truck. I didn't want to hire, like, a like a formal mover. Yeah. Because the truth is I didn't need that much, that level of service. I just needed, yeah. like, a handyman. And it's interesting. It actually gave me a much uh, larger appreciation for, have you, I don't know if, if Canada's got it. Have you got Task Rabbit? Uh, I think we do actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, it, that had just kicked off in Australia. I actually think it might be an Australian company. Um, that had just kicked off when we left five or six years ago, and I'd started using it a few times and had found it really helpful. But for anyone who doesn't know what it is, it's like an app where it's just all handymen who are just happy to, or like, or not even handymen. Yeah. Well, I should say people. Let's not let's take the gender out of it. Um, but anyone who's willing to just do an odd job. So sometimes people will. Like, I'll set up your Ikea furniture or I'll help you um, build a cupboard or I'll help you clean a floor. Like, there's just really odd random jobs. You could post something. And it, was, it just made helping find help for those little things so much yeah. easier. Yeah. So I'm excited to use that again because it does help for, you know, those things you just put off for ages because it's like, oh, well, I don't have the tools or I'd have to go and learn yeah. how to do it. Like, you can or just like get it's it done. A, just a little bit more elaborate than what yeah. I am capable of yeah exactly yeah that's great though i don't know mm. how i was curious this week because <laughs> i wasn't curious <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't think about anything um yeah i don't know i don't think i was like so actively i think i just i've kind of gotten used to like pushing myself a bit more in those situations of like when you're faced with making a decision or or deciding mm. you know how you're going to act or react in a situation i think i'm i'm just i've become because of the how to be curious and because of the what if i've become mm. a lot more um like i've pushed myself a lot more to to choose a different way nice. and just see how it goes you know it's been kind of nice to like have that like to just kind of like push myself in that way it's been yeah. it's been interesting yeah that's so cool and it's become a bit more normal than it was before like i don't really have to work at it like i did before yeah now but i'm like oh i've habit, got right? other options yeah yeah like before i, I didn't even that. think about it i would just act or react mm. and now i'm like oh wait you you have a couple options of how you're gonna do th this and face this what do you want to choose you know yeah. yeah so that's kind of been cool i think that's been a good takeaway that's an awesome takeaway uh, I want to ask if I can use your powers of what if okay. to um, help me work through something. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is actually kind of fresh. So just yesterday, just a little bit of background. So uh, going back to Oz, there's this um, couple who are like my parents' age, mm -hmm. who were parents of one of my best friends from high school, mm -hmm. who tragically took her life a couple of years ago. It's right. really terrible. I think we might have mentioned her before, actually. Um, but 
Yeah, I used to consider them my like second mum and dad, right. and I was really excited because they've kind of they're moving back to Queensland and we're moving back to Queensland, and so I sent them a message the other day to tell them because I hadn't heard I hadn't spoken to them for a while, and I get back a big update, and there was a couple of things that were sent in the message that just made me a little bit nervous because okay. I think I'd put some expectations and actually just a side note I think expectation should mm-hmm. be one of our experiments in the future because yeah. what a minefield yeah um oh, for I sure. had this <laughs> yeah I'd had these like unconscious expectations of them kind of like being my safe place to land in mm. terms of like a parent mm-hmm. figure because my parents aren't that for me yeah and then I sent this message and I got this response back that just like it, it kind of shattered some of those expectations because mm. one of the things was uh, so I'm I'm pretty anti diet and and like I have like I'm trying to unlearn my fat phobia that's like my personal health journey like that's what I'm on yeah and so this woman the the the, the mum like my other mum she for context was probably smaller than I am. Mm-hmm. And recently, as like, has gone and got um, weight loss surgery. Oh, okay. Which just challenges me on a few levels. So, mm-hmm. one of them was like, I just went through this like wave of emotions. There was definitely a level of like sadness where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, why did you feel you had to do that? You were so beautiful. Like, I wish you could have seen your own beauty. There's a level of sadness because I know that part of it came from the grief of losing her daughter like mm-hmm. so many years ago um like frustration at the industry for making people feel like that like feeling like I'd failed almost for not like getting there in time to talk her out of it as if I had that much power mm-hmm. um and I kind of and I also have this fear of being able to speak to her now because I don't really want to talk about it mm-hmm. because my views are so different. I don't want to f- have, like, I don't want her to feel judged for having done it because it's done. I can't, like, it can't be undone. Yeah. Um, but I also know that it's really important to her. And I don't know. I just, I just found, I felt in this very weird space where I'm like, I don't quite know what, how to handle that. So here's the thing. I think that, I think, okay, okay, here's my what if. What if, what if she already knows all of that stuff Mm. and, and she still decided to do it because that was the thing that was best for her and it is actually the best thing for her and it has Mm. nothing to do with you or with anybody else or with society or society's views or any kind of movement or any of that stuff like Mm. what if it's just exactly the right thing that she needed to be doing at that time just like you hiring a housekeeper right exactly yeah like I get it that all of that stuff that's the thing isn't it like I that's the thing and I think like like I get that there are it triggers you in a certain way but I also Mm. think that I'm a real um I I find that there has to be a real balance between um like real life and then I um 
like an idealized version of life. So an idealized mm. version, like I think, is much more the activist side of things. The this is a cause and it should be done this way. It's like that's not reality, though, because that's yes. not how humans function. That's not how, you know, you're going, she's going into it with all of this back history and you can't just take that away because yeah. it doesn't fit with a certain cause or a certain um, journey that you're on at a different level than what she's at, right? Like, I think that that's such a good point because you're right. Like, I think activism is moving towards a new reality, yeah. but it's not the reality right now. Like, it's yeah. a, and there the has to be is, some middle ground, right? In well, order. and the truth is, too, she's got, like, I think about my choice to adopt, like, an anti diet. Uh, anti-fat phobia lifestyle takes a lot of work and a lot of energy because I am in my own personal way that I show up because I'm you know like a mid-sized person trying to live happily in a mid-sized body Mm -hmm. that takes work because it's not what's accepted yeah and I you know like we've spoken about in the past we've got to choose your heart yeah like I get like I appreciate what you said because it helps me realize Maybe that was the hard she was not willing to choose. Yeah. Like, or that she didn't have the exactly. capacity to choose. Well, you know, maybe for she's her life. chosen all kinds of other hards, and that's. Or like, like she had hards she couldn't choose, like losing her daughter. Like she's got exactly. enough that she's got to think about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that it's okay that that's the thing for her that worked. Yes. Because she's not implying that that's something that you need to be doing. And I think that that's part of yeah. maybe what you take from her making that choice. Because you even started your sentence with saying, she's yeah. smaller than me. So it's that thing of like, well, what does that say about you? Does she yes. look at you and think you should be doing the same thing? But what but if see, it has nothing where... to do with you? What if it's completely yeah. her own thing, right? But that's where... Because I agree with you, and mm-hmm. I think the thing that I get challenged by is I want to respect her views, but mm-hmm. I'm also on my own journey where I'm trying to unlearn that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's me kind of deciding, is it safe for me right now mm-hmm. to be in her presence talking about that stuff? Because right. I don't want to judge her, but it also isn't necessarily a good thing for me right. to be getting those messages because I do ask myself, like, oh, does she think I need to? And maybe she doesn't. Or, right. like, does like society, you know, expected it of her, expects it of me. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. those are questions I just don't want to have to, like... Yep. Even and be presented with right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where my disappointment came was that I set her up as like as an expectation of being the safe space and now there's these new kind of unsafe elements to yeah. it. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't think that's always gonna be the case. I, I mean I'm especially under a lot of stress right now. So Yeah, of course. You know, when yeah. my defences are higher and I don't have to yeah. be as, you know, triggered yeah. by that stuff, it'll be different. But Yeah, I think that was just coming to terms with understanding that there's things that we maybe can't really talk about. Yeah. Or that I don't really But it's also that thing of, like, it can be, you know, because that expectation of, like, this is a safe space and everything that's happened with your family recently and going back home, like, I think it's bringing up some of that stuff and you're seeking out that safe space. But what if your safe space was completely brand new and what if you're bringing Mm. your safe space with you in your the form of your husband and your children and the connections that you have with friends 
like that have become your family, even though we're farther away or whatever. Yeah. Like it's you've created your own safe space and it doesn't have to look like a parental figure. Like it doesn't have yes. to be in that mold. And maybe that's the mold that needs to break. Maybe that's yeah. the societal thing that needs to change rather than it being to, having to do with weight loss or any of that stuff that it's. Mm. You know, what if you viewed it in a different way that you can't, you don't need to fill that parent shaped hole, you know, like it doesn't have to be that shape. It can be filled with a number of other things and you can fill it with like being able to walk down to the beach and have a quiet moment by yourself. You Mm. can be your own safe space, you know, like not that that has to be that you have to be alone to have that right but you can find it in all kinds of different ways yeah i love what you're saying there though because yeah i think unconsciously that's what i've been doing is trying to fill this this hole when the truth is too if i think about the hole i'm trying to fill i don't really have a healthy I don't really have a healthy hole. <laughs> you should see someone about that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to go to a doctor. Yeah. Um, but, but you know what I mean? Like, I think if I look at the, 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 the parent-shaped holes yeah. of my parents, I don't want to fill them exactly. Like, I actually... Yeah. And, like... Exactly to your point, like whether I need to have parent figures at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm doing differently to how I was raised, like in, t- in the way I'm parenting. So, like, yeah. I obviously want to surround myself with different kinds of people. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good catch because, yeah, I don't want to fill those spaces. Like, I actually do want different things. And so I think it needs yeah. to be taken out of the context of roles mm-hmm. and looking more in terms of, like, I don't know, maybe personalities or, like, what kind of activities I want to do with those people. Like, going back to that conversation about, like, how our partners can't be everything. Like, what are the aspects of friendship or support that I'm looking for and, like, actively seeking those with a lot of intention rather than, like, just assuming that a person that already exists in my life is just going to fit into that. Yeah. Yeah, and Mm. and going into, like, talking about expectations, going into those situations, knowing what you need to get out of it. So, and I, and I completely understand that reaching out to familiar people who did fill a certain role for you at some point, but reaching Mm. out to them, maybe you're just seeking that familiarity and a little bit of an anchor in a place that has a lot of people that, that you've had, not necessarily the the smoothest relationship with like with your family and stuff right but that you've always had a smooth relationship with them so it could be that little bit of an anchor that you're seeking out right but going into it knowing that and because then when you go into it knowing that this is the one thing I need to get from this it makes it easier to like not listen to the other stuff because you don't need their validation Mm. for choices that you've made you don't need to convince them of like that they've made bad choices or that they should be a certain type of way like the the people that they are is no reflection on who you are like it's just that you're seeking out that familiarity yeah. and somebody that can kind of be like, oh, hey, it's been, it's so nice to see you. I haven't seen you in forever. These are my kids. This is my husband. You know, like, yes. kind of like 
yeah, you can view it in a different way when you're not going to them to, to when you don't know what it is that you're trying to get from them, you know? But interestingly, too, as you were saying that, I realized that by trying to fill, like, parent-shaped holes, yeah. a big piece of my history with parents is, like, trying to please them, like, people-pleasing, yeah. but, like, yeah. parent-pleasing, I feel, is, like, a whole, on a whole it's other level. a whole level. other level, yeah. And... I don't want to do that shit anymore. Like, yeah. so I think it's really important to exactly what you were saying, examine what are the behaviors, what are the yeah. things that I was doing in those roles. Um, because yeah, it almost makes me go like, ugh, I don't want parent figures. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I want to have like, because fra- the other thing too is I, one of the things I hate about the parent child dynamic with me in the child role is that I never feel like I'm the, the equal of the other person in the relationship. Right, yeah. Like, and I, it's something that really... I don't, I'm curious to know what you think about this because as I became an adult, I was kind of expecting slash demanding that you need to treat me equally. Like, you need to treat mm. me... Because I'm mm-hmm. an adult now. Like, we're on the same page. And, yes, you have more life experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a child anymore. And I've always found that for my parents it's really been a challenge for them. And I think yeah. because I'm the eldest and there's eight years between me and the youngest, mm-hmm. that I got kind of bundled in with the younger siblings for so much longer than what oh, they will probably experience. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm the first to go through that transition from, like, yeah. child to adult child for my parents. Yeah. Um, did you have something like that? Because you're the youngest. So, like, what was that like for you? Um... I don't know. Like, my sister was very much, um, like, she wanted to be an adult well before she was an adult. Like, she was one of those ones that was very, like, she wanted to move out really early. Like, she just pushed back all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I never really, I just personality-wise never really felt the need for that. I was totally fine being Mm. a kid for a while. Um, like I stayed at home when I went through university because it was cheaper. Like, and I was fine yeah. living at home. I'm like, I didn't feel the need to leave or to to prove some kind of adulthood. I also felt like I was given a lot more freedom in that way because I didn't have a curfew. Like, I didn't have the same ru- strict rules put on me because, yeah. like, I just. I don't know. My parents were tired by the time I got to that stage, and they're like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. The other two survived, and they, they're they okay, so whatever. Just do whatever you want kind of thing. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I had to rebel against that and prove something to them. I kind of mm. felt like I was much more on my own to just do whatever I wanted. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it's like, an interesting thing. Do you feel an equal to your mum now? Um... Yeah, in certain ways. I don't know if equal is even the right word because it never will be. Like, Mm. with parents and kids, how could it possibly ever be equal? Mm. I do think that there's, you know, there's certain things that I'll talk about with my mom that I know she'll really listen to me and respect me in a way that she never did before because Mm. I know what I'm talking about and I've got a certain level of experience talking about it and I, I know how to communicate certain things that she'll be like, oh, okay. But I still, our dynamic is always that she is my parent and I am her child. It's the mm. same thing. Like if you were to get into a really scary situation, usually people, their first thing is like, I want my mom or I want my, yeah. like, I want my parent, one of my parents or both of my parents, mm. because that's 
from a young age, when we're in those scary situations, those are the people that typically are there to, to guide us and to help us and to show us like, okay, this is how, this is what you should be doing and it's going to be okay. Mm. You know, like even if you have bad relationships with your parents, I think it's still like we look to these authority figures yeah. as guides. Right. So I think that I don't know if you can ever get to an equal point or if you should ever get to an equal point because I think that's just always the dynamic it's so interesting because it makes me realize I have a real I'm very challenged by accepting things if they're not perfect yeah like I'm really noticing that within myself Mm -hmm. and especially like as we're about to make this big move back to being surrounded by family yeah like I hear people say oh but that's just the way you know, insert family member is. Mm-hmm. That's just the way mum is. That's just the way he yeah. is, she is. And I think for a long time my response has been like, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. And yeah. Or, yeah, but that's because you you don't have good boundaries. Like, I always have an yeah. excuse for it. And I don't know, and I, I think obviously this is different person to person, situation to situation, yeah. but... I find it very challenging to draw the line between what's the battles I'm going to fight and what's the battles worth fighting compared to what's the stuff where it is just the way they are. Yeah. You know? And it's not that I want to change people as much as, like, the standards I've set for my... You all surround myself with and become very high. Well, I think you have very high standards for yourself. So I think that you view the world around you and the people around you in that same way of like Mm. you expect a lot from people but I think you you also because you view the world and life through a very analytical lens I think you assume other people also do the same thing yeah. And I think, like... Yes. like or I'm very confused when they don't. I'm like, what do you mean? 90% <laughs> like, of the people you that you deal with on a regular basis, like your family members and stuff, like pe- yeah. people outside of your friends that you've chosen because they're like-minded, you know, mm. like th- those people probably don't put the same level of thought or the same... Um, they, they're not aware to the same degree that you are of what's yeah. going on in the world. And, like, they don't have a cause like you're very much like you you're very I see you as an activist where you are very much like okay this is what I believe in and now I'm going to try my best to to behave in a way that proves that I believe in this which is great like but a lot of people don't act that way like they wouldn't make that effort they wouldn't even be aware that those concepts or ideas existed in the first place Right. Which is, it also makes me think about, it, it exposes my all or nothing attitude, mm. which I don't often think I'm like that because I'm a bit flaky when it comes to tasks and things. But I think when it comes to beliefs, yeah. I can be all very all or nothing. Yeah. And it's just good for me to be reminded of that. That's mm-hmm. very keen insight on your part <laughs> because I don't <laughs> notice this about myself. Um, I think one of the big things that I'm learning at the moment is how to hold differing opinions yeah. to someone. Yeah. And for that to be okay, because yeah. I do have, it's so funny. Cause I used to like judge my sister growing up. She would find someone who like, didn't like one thing the same as her. And she's like, Oh, 
I've got no time for them. And yeah. I used to be like, oh, Ashley, she doesn't have, like, any time. Like, she's so judgmental. And yet yeah. I've kind of transitioned a little bit into that these days because there are things... I think it's okay to have certain... Um, values that are like no no uh, what is it of deal course. yeah absolutely but I have so many <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like but it, but at the same time I think admittedly I have definitely surrounded myself with a group of friends who are very like minded mm-hmm. but I'm also a lot more understanding and forgiving of my friends differences with me yeah. than I am my family like yeah the expectations I have for my family to be better um are a lot higher because it's a reflection of you how did you come from a place how did you come from a family that was so not something that you aspire to or so not something that is like to me that's how I view it sometimes where I'm like oh I see my family as a reflection of me so Mm. if they frustrate me I see it like they frustrate me more than anybody or when I have a reaction a strong emotional reaction like it's stronger than any other place like it triggers me more Mm. because I am so connected to it and it's ultimately a reflection of who I am and what's made me who like who I am so if I'm mad at them it's like it's I'm mad at an element of myself almost in a way or I assume that there's some kind of like there's a connection there and yeah like I think because you're so much more connected there is that tendency to be much more frustrated of like Okay, if you're yes. not, if you don't have it together, what does that say about me, <laughs> you know? Well, and it actually makes me think when you said that, I don't know that my expectations are different between friends and family on mm. my beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's just that my friends came into my life and the reason they became friends is because they met so many of my expectations off the bat. Yeah. That's, you know, that's why I chose them to be in my life. Yeah. As opposed to the family who you are automatically assigned to yeah (laughs) and so many of my expectations aren't met on things especially around like the beliefs that I hold and so that's why I'm so much I'm so much more challenged but it's like at one what point do you say they're just not capable of it they never will be Mm. they're just this you know like at what point do you throw the towel in and say that's okay I know that you know mom or brother or sister whatever they'll never I'll never be able to have a conversation with them about xyz because they they just won't they're just not capable of understanding it at the Mm. level that I need them to like, see, do you ever I'm have that where that you point. just kind of give up and you're like, that's okay. I can still love you and I can still have this level of relationship with you, but it will never be deeper than that. And it will never be more than that. Well, see, that's the thing that I don't know right now. Cause I think mm. I have thrown in the towel, but yeah. I've already thrown in the towel with most of my family. Yeah. The thing is what throwing in the towel looks like person to person is different because right. When I, if you take away the stuff we can't talk about because we don't share similar values, Mm -hmm. for some people in my family, what's left is not enough for me to feel like I want to make the effort to try and have a relationship. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And then for other people, I'm still figuring out what is left (laughs) to be like, you know, what do we talk about? and, And also, I think they're one of the things that keeps coming up for me at the moment is that. With certain family members, I'd be happy to have, like, a more superficial, like, let's talk about what we can talk about relationship. Yeah. But 
there's a lack of mutual respect that's going on where when I say I don't want to talk about something, it's just spoken about anyway. And right. so there's like there's a communication breakdown that mm-hmm. needs to be healed because like I'm I, f- I can get on board with us having different beliefs, mm-hmm. but if they're constant, if we if I say I don't want to talk about something and they just continue to force me to try and be in those conversations, like that's that's a strong boundary for me. Yeah, yeah, which I think is fair because like. I don't want to be put in any situation where you're forcing me to talk about things I don't want to talk about. Yeah. I think it's fair for sure. I just think some of it, I know with my family, like control is like the hot commodity in my family. We're all, we grew up that way where we're all battling to have control. That's Mm. how our parents communicated with each other and how they communicated down to us. Like, it was control. It wasn't love. It wasn't nurturing. It wasn't any of that. I mean, I did get those things, but like the deep down thing was control. So anytime we had mm-hmm. any arguments or anything, all of us are vying for that same amount of control. And there's only so much yeah. to go around because not everybody can be in control at all times, right? Yes. So I think with you, it's like some of that stuff. I think what you're seeking from your family is that you want them to respect your control over a certain thing. Like, you guys are all fighting for control, and if they're taking it, it means you have none. And if you're taking it, it means they have none. And it creates that insecurity and that imbalance, and it creates the drama and the, like... Because then they get defensive, or you get defensive, and you have to fight for it, right? Like, it it puts you in that imbalance. We, like, what the word that keeps coming up in our family, mostly thrown at me, is Mm -hmm. power. Which is, like, basically the same thing. Yeah. And the thing that I find challenging is I think everyone's entitled to their own power. Like, Mm -hmm. you should have power over your own life. Like, I don't have a desire to have power over anyone else. Mm -hmm. Beyond, please don't talk about, like, the things that I want to talk about. Yeah. Which I, I don't, I don't. I mean, personally, I don't view that as me trying to have power over someone else, but I know that people in my family do view that. Like, oh, I can't talk about this stuff. Like, you're trying to control me. I'm like, yeah. well, not really. Like, you can hold your beliefs. You can talk about that with whomever else, but I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Like, that's my personal boundary. Okay, so what if you went into situations with your family... I guess this could be a good one for our, if we we're doing a boundaries um, experiment. Like, what mm. if you went into a situation with your family and rather than intentionally, like, like explicitly making all of that known and those boundaries and those, like, making it clear, okay, this is what you can and can't talk about. Like, I won't go into a conversation about that. What if if the com- you go into the situation anyway, and once the conversation changes to that, you can say, I don't really want to talk about this. And if they don't change it, you can leave. Like, remove yourself from the situation. Does that you know work with your just, family? Yeah. You know what you've just made me realize is I... And placing boundaries mm-hmm. and expecting other people to uphold them. Yeah. I'm not maintaining them myself. Yeah. And part of that is because I have a big fear of confrontation. Yeah. So I'm afraid to say, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. And I'm afraid to leave. Yeah. But the truth is, I need to but maintain my own. But you're setting that situation up 
Yeah. And then putting it on them to be the ones to uphold those exactly. boundaries, right? Which is not how boundaries work. No. <laughs> like, because you just because, exposed me. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> because that's the thing, like, you c- that's what I, that's what I had to end up doing with my dad, because... Mm. He couldn't. He was not capable of changing. And I tr- I tried to change. And I tried to tell him in advance, okay, this is what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not comfortable with. But honestly, he didn't understand mm. what I was going through. And he's like, no, it's fine. Like, So he, kept, he stayed the same. And I realized, like, oh, okay, so nothing's changing. I still feel terrible when I'm around you. You make me feel yeah. shitty. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. I had to get to the point where I was like, well, why do I keep putting myself in that situation then? So he's not going to respect any of that stuff that I'm talking about. I'm going to remove myself from the situation and make that my hard boundary, you know, and that was it. And then I didn't talk to him for many yeah. years, <laughs> you know? I, I think that that makes total sense. Like that's a huge aha for me mm. to, to realize because it makes me feel more comfortable going back to Oz to feel like, okay, I need to remember what my boundaries are. And because I also the component to this, that's the people pleasing side of me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the only one who can change the people pleasing. Like I yeah. have to yeah. be brave enough to say and vulnerable enough yeah. to say, this is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't want Well, to and you have this. to take the actual power yeah. instead of like just making these boundaries that don't kind of, you know, do anything. You take actual power because you do have the power to change that situation. If you take the, that power, like that's actual power, being able to yes. remove yourself from a situation and and for you to actually follow your own boundaries, like that's real power. That's not just... You know, and that's power isn't a bad thing. Taking that power, you know, like well, it makes me realize that I've done like fifty percent of the boundary work, maybe less. <laughs> I'm probably being generous, but I'm like I'm doing the work of setting the boundaries and understanding what yeah. I want, and yeah. then doing very little or very little beyond like, oh, you you've challenged me once, okay, bye. Like I'm not because yeah. I think too, the part that that fails to acknowledge in other people is your boundaries take time to establish in other people's minds. Exactly. Like, yeah. I think if enough times I say, I don't want to talk about this and walk away from conversations, yeah. people will start to understand rather yeah. than me having to, like, you know, say this and I is do my think, boundary. I do think it'll be different when you're there in person mm. versus, like, having to do set a lot of these boundaries you know, through email or over the phone or whatever, like it does have a different dynamic because it can be that thing of like, okay, well, you know, we were going to come visit and have a nice day, but now we're not going to, we're going to go, you know, like it's, it's Mm. a different thing. You pick up on the energy levels in a different way and all that kind of stuff. Right. It honestly makes me very nervous because the people please the side of me and the like, wanting to avoid confrontation Mm -hmm. I just I have become so used to not having that icky feeling of like oh this is making me uncomfortable I have to say something yeah that it actually like really frightens me but yeah the truth is like if I take the emotion out of it as best I can and realize what the situation is really going to look like and how like I'm saying with inverted commas hard it's going to be yeah um it's really not that hard (laughs) yeah you know in the in the 
scheme of life and the things that I've done and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I need to put it in context, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes that, yeah, where it, it doesn't have to have that that feeling when you, in in that moment when you're triggered, when it's, like, that really overwhelming feeling. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not going to stay at that sustained level that entire time, right? Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think part of it is I get very afraid of not being able to say stuff in the moment. Mm-hmm. And even though I've believed for a long time that you can say something, like, you can bring up later, oh, that thing you said upset me. Yeah. And you should because that's part of, like, the setting the boundaries and, you know, establish- well, the maintaining your boundaries. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, both of those things make me uncomfortable. Yeah. I hear you cards on the table (laughs) (laughs) no it's hard and family stuff is like the hardest stuff because it's we all fall into patterns and we all fall into behavior like I Mm. don't know how many times I've had it with my family where I'm like why am I reverting to this behavior all of a sudden with them when I get emotional or you know whatever it's just like I go back to this thing and I'm like this is not who I am why am I acting like this (laughs) like I don't act like this with anybody else but around my family it's just because that's what it was that was the pattern that's what I grew up in and that's you know we fall so easily into those patterns and roles and you know it's it's such hard. a large chunk of your life, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think actually, it, it, here's a curiosity that I'm going to take with me to mm. Oz. Is I've spent five and a half years away, and I've basically been probably close to, closest to my most authentic self mm-hmm. as I have ever been in this five years. Because for a large part of that, I. Um, you know, either didn't have regular contact with my family or wasn't speaking to them. Uh, I've surrounded myself with people who met me at my, like, most authentic. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to go back and see. I mean, yes, I spent 18 years living with, you know, people in my family, so there's going to be, like or like you said, things that come up. Yeah. But I'm also, I think I probably need to give myself more... Um, confidence in thinking I might I I think I will be able to speak up more readily than I maybe did before yeah that's the thing it's like you're you're not going back to this moment that was frozen in time because they've also changed too yeah yeah you know even though it can be hard to see they've also grown and changed and maybe not for the better but then you can be like okay cool done (laughs) (laughs) right exactly you know and just because you're going back there doesn't mean you have to see your family every single day you know it's you can pick and choose you're still an adult you're still in control of Mm. your time and energy and your location and all that kind of stuff so you know it's just gonna gonna be so many different like updates because um yeah I'm not I'm a different person but also I'm coming back as a mum and which I've only ever seen me in person as for like one month yeah so it's gonna be really interesting to observe them observing me you know what I mean like them seeing because I like I said to Rory even like we're going to stay with his mum for probably just a little less than a month Mm -hmm. and she's never really seen us day to day as parents like when she came when we saw her last we stayed with her for like two weeks and before that she stayed with us when we had a baby now Mm. we have a toddler that we're having to like negotiate with every day like yeah yeah it's it's going to be interesting for people to see us in our natural habitat so to speak Yeah. yeah 
And I think it it will be helpful for them to see that though oh, yeah. to to be like, for "Oh sure. yeah, okay, this is your day to day and this is, you know, yeah. how you do things and this is the real you kind of thing." Like it exactly. does help. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you for Maddie's therapy hour. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I asked the right person. <laughs> I just can't help myself. Yeah, just send me an invoice for this session. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think this is all very relevant, to, I'm, I'm sure, a lot of people because, I mean, we went on such a mm-hmm. range of topics there, but, like, you know, the boundaries and the... And I think bringing that curiosity to ourselves and to our relationships with other people and where they're at yes because i think i think i said to you last week i can hold to opposing thoughts where it's like i can appreciate that like the people in my family have grown up because you know every child grows up in a different family like we've all grown up in different realities and their realities have you know had different things that have shaped them and i can appreciate that and at the same time sometimes feel like I don't necessarily want relationship with them or yeah, yeah. I'm upset by some of the things that they say. Like those two things can happen. Yeah, and I think absolutely. I just want to constantly remind myself that you can hold two opposing um, yeah. thoughts and still, and still have compassion for them. Do you know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. There can be a nice mix and a nice balance there between everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that the curiosity thing is honestly just such a nice way to try to view everything with less judgment or to mm. just look at like was the judgment that you applied to that situation or to that person warranted like does or is it mm. even still something that is in place you know because I mean we're inevitably gonna, gonna judge things right but it's yeah. kind of like let's approach it let's try to approach it again from a different angle let's try to look at this in a different way and it doesn't mean that you'll necessarily come to a different conclusion but the odds Mm. are pretty high that it's going to change the way that you view that person or that situation well i would add too, like maybe not that it's if the judgment is warranted but like Mm -hmm. getting curious about where within yourself is that coming from yeah because that's what you just helped me do is like going okay what am I really afraid of? It's not actually yeah. what they're going to say. It's me having to, like, respond. That's yeah. what I'm afraid of. Yeah. And that's that really puts the onus back on me to have to, like, do some more growing. Yeah. Which is, I'll admit, I'm sitting here feeling real uncomfortable. Oh, no. <laughs> no but, like, that's no one's fault. Like, that's yeah. I have to do that growing if yeah. I want to get to that next stage in life where, like, yeah. I'm going to feel more comfortable when, when people do understand my boundaries because I've... Yeah taught them how to as opposed to just like telling them how to and expecting it yeah which is basically where i'm at right now yeah but that's good that's life yeah growth is uncomfortable you know that's it it's okay to be uncomfortable yeah it's totally okay it's good it means that it's leading to better things i know know? and sometimes i feel like oh i just i'm just looking forward to like when the growth stops for a while. Like, I yeah, just like, can I stop break. being uncomfortable? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> just for a while. Yeah. But uh, the truth is I probably haven't really had much challenge. Like, in certain wa- areas of my life, like family in particular, I haven't had a lot of growing happening in the last mm-hmm. five years. So, like, you know, what was it's I time. expecting? It's, <laughs> it's time. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. But I think, like, that's the thing that makes you the person you are is to be in that constant state of growing and, like, the same yeah. with me where I'm like I get so frustrated I'm like I'm so tired of thinking about all this stuff and I'm like but that's what makes me who I am and 
I I would not want to live a life where I'm not thinking about these things and not kind of analyzing it or trying to do better and trying to push myself. And yeah, it's tiring. And yeah, you feel uncomfortable, but that's the point. You're going to, yeah. I feel le- way less uncomfortable about certain things than I did in the past. You know, mm. I've pushed through it and I've become, I've come to a place of power with a lot of different issues that I've had, but life it keeps coming you know and then new stuff pops up it's like when I would train my dog um back in the day like he would get really good with a certain thing I'd try to train him to you know not growl at other dogs and he'd be fine with that but then all of a sudden some other thing would pop up and I would always have this like idea of oh dog can't you just be like perfect for a little while like give me a break like the second I fix quote unquote fix one thing something else comes out like some other behavioral yes. issue like, pops uh, up yeah. and it's like oh but that's life like I, yes. I I do it I have the same thing with myself you know like it's yeah. that's just how life works that's because once how, you like, figure one thing out it's like yeah other stuff comes up <laughs> that's just like parenting too it's like you get this yeah. small window where like Oh, everything's so easy. We've got our routine and then things shift and then it's like, yep. fuck, we've got to learn how to do it again. But and yep. it's so funny. Like I, I actually love hearing it from, I've got a few new parents in my life at the moment for mm-hmm. their first kids. And, you know, you hear the stories like, oh, we found our routine. And I don't like to be that person that's like, well, you know, yeah, that's not going to last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait five minutes. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also like, you should savor those little moments where it does yeah. feel like smooth and easy because... yeah. They do help when it feels tough that you've had a little respite. I think there's there's a reason human yeah. nature biology has built those in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <you need> break. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, that was the end of our how to be curious. And next yeah. month, I can't remember what we are covering, but Me we will neither. tell you <laughs> next week when. <laughs> Uh, Maddie will be in a oh, whole other country. Oh, how to be romantic, yeah. I think. How to be more romantic. Yeah, how to be more romantic. For Valentine's yeah. Day. Ooh, bong chicka wah wah. Yeah, and it, like, uh, it can be with yourself. Yeah. I don't know if it was romantic or loving. I can't remember which one it was. But I think it was romantic. Yeah, but I, I it, this is not going to be a month just for couples. It's going to no. because I think romance <laughs> can come in. I use the word romance for a lot of different things that I feel because I actually like, feel like more romance the, the historical kind of way of like yeah. it's romantic yeah I, I feel like romance can almost be a feeling yeah. that you have totally um, I feel romantic about things all the time like it just mm-hmm. I, I, you know those same feelings like when you watch a romantic sitcom you can feel about I feel like there's yeah. about like musicals sometimes or like yeah. a piece of art or or just you know just relaxing I feel like yeah. so, so romantic about it. so like I, I think if you're single or if you're unattached right now, like keep listening. It works <laughs> for everybody. It's, it's like work for finding everybody. romance in your everyday life. Yeah, we as all a need it. Yeah, a tool. It's going to yeah. be a tool you're going to add to your tool belt. So yeah, absolutely. Do it. Mm. Do it. Um, <laughs> as always, you can follow us on Instagram. <laughs> I'll just threaten people. Do it. Um, <laughs> On Instagram, we are at how to be me again, uh, and I at some point promise I'll get back to posting things I haven't done in a little while. Um, and been we too would, curious to post. I've been too curious, you guys. I'm so curious about what not posting on Instagram will do. Yeah, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I just use it I, as my excuse. What if? I have a hunch, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just want to see if it's validated. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, fair, 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 fair. You should get the data. Get the data. <laughs> oh my gosh! And next time we talk, you are going to be in a whole other continent, a whole other country, a whole other hemisphere, time zone. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I might be a bit of a zombie, but we're going to push yeah. through. <laughs> I'll also be a zombie and I'll have no excuse. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.